0: This week, Apple announced its annual Worldwide Developer Conference will take place from June 7th to June 11th as an online-only event. It's at this event where Apple unveils major software updates for its entire lineup of hardware, from the iPhone and iPad to the Mac, Apple Watch, and even the Apple TV. It all gets updated. We don't have any information about exactly what we should expect in the updates, but we do know or kind of have a good idea of what we want to see. I'm Jason Cipriani with Jason Perlow, and on this episode of Jason Squared, we're talking all things WWDC21. All right, Perlow, we have a couple of months before the opening keynote, which should take place on June 7th, and nothing is really leaked about mm-hmm. software updates or new features in iOS 15 or any of these new features, so we truly don't have a clue as what to expect. But where do you want to start with all this?
1: Well, I do want to talk about what we do know. Uh, and that is we have seen a, uh, a promotional graphic of uh, a female, it looks like a female software developer cartoon character opening yeah. up her laptop and staring at a, a screen, you know, a light, you know, shining out and a surprised look on her face. <laughs> so for me, you know, that indicates you know something disruptive, exciting stuff is happening. You know, so well, I, I think I that have...
0: picture was taken from the meme that came out of WWDC 2020 when Craig Federighi. Uh, bent over and lifted up an M1 MacBook and it lit up his face. I think they're kind of making fun of that. But uh, what people are really talking about in that photo is that she's wearing glasses. And in the reflection of her glasses, (laughs) there are app icons, right? And Apple is rumored to have AR glasses in the works, which will show you alerts and notifications and have app icons on the screen that only you can see and so a lot of people are getting pretty excited trying to read into what apple is trying to hint at if you ask me just my guess personal opinion apple's completely trolling and having a ton of fun with the rumor mill yeah. and just trying to get people excited so everyone tunes in will they announce apple glasses uh, whatever they're going to call them uh this year at WWDC, it's possible they're gonna want developers on board, even if the product's six months out. Yeah, I mean they did the same thing for the M1 Max, right? Last year they yep. announced that WWDC to get ready for that. So uh it's it's possible, but I, I think they're just having a little bit of fun myself.
1: Yep, yep, yep. So the first on deck is Mac and iPad. Um, I think this year, I mean, this year we're gonna get the third version of Catalyst. Right. Uh, And Catalyst, as we know, is the software uh, development framework that allows uh, native iPad apps to be ported to Apple Silicon um, systems. And also technically uh, existing remaining X86 uh, Macintosh systems on Mac OS 11. Uh, Catalyst was introduced in Catalina. uh, And then, uh, you know, the second version was in Mac OS 11. Uh, the current version for Apple Silicon. And presumably, there's going to be a third iteration of it. Uh, You know, more changes, more improvements. I assume they're going to pull in more API compatibility. They're going to broaden the API programming set uh, in the third version. Now, what does that actually mean, you know, long term, right? So I I think this is going to be the first Worldwide Developer Conference where we will finally see some sort of quote unquote convergence of uh, you know uh, Mac to the iPad as opposed really? to iPad to Mac like we have seen before. So really you know this has all previously been about how do you take your existing investments in iOS and iPad, OS you bu- you built all these great apps for you know the uh, you know the a series chips and, and and iPad and iOS. How do you make them all run as, you know, nice apps on Mac? Um, unfortunately, there hasn't been a ton of developer uptake on on, on Catalyst in the last, you know, two years. Uh, there's been like little itty bitty pieces here and there. there. We've seen Apple using internally to port uh, components uh, to macOS such as, you know, the control center, uh, you know, the notifications, the widgets. Uh, you know, we've seen news, we've seen maps, we've seen music. Uh, a couple other things here and there, uh, you know, the Stocks app uh, ported from iPad to Mac. But yeah. um, if we're going to see a much more powerful iPad Pro potentially released in the next couple weeks, months, um, because we're talking about iPad Pros that may have the computational capabilities of an M1, even if it's not called an M1. Um, you're gonna have iPad pros that are now much more powerful than any kind of app that currently exists in the wild that could possibly run on it. So what are you going to run on these iPad pros? You need Mac level applications. So I think we're gonna see more, more more of the Mac APIs moved into Catalyst. So you have a much richer API development set. So you can basically write all applications in Catalyst with you know with no with, with very few limitations. And that will allow the iPad and the Mac to share many similarities uh, that will allow you know, more developers to get involved uh, and write richer applications. So I think that's what we're going to see uh, from this. Uh, I, I don't necessarily see the Mac turning into the iPad or the my iPad turning into the Mac. I think that is a a more of a longer range thing. I think shorter range, we're going to see commonality for programming environments, much more commonality and richer developments targets.
0: I agree with that last part of your statement. Uh, Um, I don't see Mac apps coming to the iPad. Like Apple has spent a lot of time and effort on making it possible to bring mobile apps, iPad apps to the Mac uh, and giving them more power to be equal to what the Mac can do. I mean, in in many talks, uh, I've heard Apple say, you build a great iPad app, you have a great Mac app. And if you look at Mac... (laughs) OS 11, you know, using Catalyst, of course, that's that's what they're referencing. Um, and if you look at Mac OS 11, which is what we're running now, it looks a lot like an iPad as far as the interface goes, to mm-hmm. your point of bringing, bringing over a control center and having the music app or podcasts or news or stocks or whatever it is. Um, I see, I, I can see Apple, and maybe this is more in line with your thinking, uh, building more desktop class which is what they call uh, Safari now on iPad OS yep. as of iPad OS 13 desktop class apps which I guess could be the Mac version of an app well, well, to but iPad. yeah but that's, uh, it,
1: that's all APIs' that's so, so really uh, right. you know right. so so really this is I think that this whole the whole story for for WWDC for Mac and iPad in June will be more apis more better better apps. You know, whether it's Mac app, IP app, like again, I think it's just a semantic issue of what we what we're calling something. Sure. It's a catalyst. A catalyst okay. app is a rich catalyst app, right? Sure. Um You know, and back in the back in the day, um, a rich Mac app was called the Cocoa app, right? So Cocoa app is all the the three four development frameworks that encompass programming for Mac, right? Um, if we're we're now we're just going to say. The future's Catalyst, it's all going to get dumped into Catalyst, everything's Catalyst, right? And, and whether it's a that Catalyst on sense. a Mac or a Catalyst on an iPad, it's still Catalyst. Um, I think in addition to APIs, uh, we get more documentation on the hypervisor that runs on Mac OS 11 on, um, on Apple Silicon. So the hypervisor is what allows um, the uh, Rosetta stuff uh, to run in a transparent fashion. Um, the x86 uh engine in, in a secure fashion right so they have a hypervisor and they have a containerization system um we know that that system can actually run foreign operating systems um such as Linux or Windows provided they're you know ported uh to uh the the apple silicon architecture and in some cases you might even be able to run them in emulation. um i think we're going to see more of that because you know, I think there's a lot of people want to run more Linux stuff and open source applications sure. uh, on yeah. Mac. So I think we'll see that. Um, I think we might also see uh, more documentation on accessing the machine learning hardware uh, on, on Apple Silicon. So that would be both A-Series and M1. Um, one of the things that Apple released uh, back when the M1 came out was TensorFlow, which is a... Uh, the, they took the open source tensorflow uh that runs on you know Linux and other operating systems today uh and they added their extensions so that it can talk to the m1's native uh and and uh, what you call it, mpus right uh and that's just so those are all you know mostly you know t- uh command line uh console based uh applications for running you know machine learning uh type of things uh but I think what we're, we might actually see come across in uh, in WWDC is native API access to the MPU, so that you can write GUI apps and native, uh, iOS native M1 apps, native Apple silicon apps, um, that will talk to machine learning, just as opposed to just having that 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 circuitry sit in there for Apple to do things like AR and and computational photography and, and so on.
0: Be some powerful tools for developers. I'm sure they'd eat it up.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, so what about iOS and iPadOS? What are you hoping for? What do you what do you want to see? Well,
1: you know, I think, you know, iOS at least the user interface has been, you know, long in the tooth for a long time. I think there's a lot of, you know, uh, they've been you can we've been seeing parts of the modernization appear in iOS 14 uh, and 14.5, you know, we with the uh, with the app library and things like that, and you know, the cleaning up the home screens. But there's still a lot of, you know, legacy things in the control panel and and the configuration, you know, dialogues that look like they've been there forever, right? So I yeah. think we might I don't know if we're gonna see a massive UX redesign, but I hope we see some simplification. Um you know, should have iPad OS turning into the Macintosh? I would like to see them get some parity treatment on features with iOS, the widgets, the app library. Please, uh, please. You please. know, um, yeah. I, I, mean, I, I don't like the fact that iPad OS has been sort of the redheaded stepchild in terms of of getting the i the iOS enhancements. Um, it's 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 really been it it seems to be something that that it's it's a major deficiency. Um, I would like to see more developer access to spatial audio for apps. In other words, for you know games, immersive ex- you know experiences and things like that. I mean, right now spatial audio is used sp- specifically uh, for you know surround some movie content. So for you know playing videos, yeah. and then um, it's not something that developers need to access as long as you have you know a uh, um, the the Dolby audio stream in the in in the content. Uh, the spatial audio system interprets it, you know, and, and, you know, it works like magic with your, um, these, uh, these AirPods that AirPods. I'm wearing here, um, you know, so, but if developers had actual access to uh, spatial audio, not would you, not only would you see, you know, the TIE fighters screaming across in a movie, uh, you know, across your head, but, you know, you could have a, you know, potentially a Star Wars game that Disney could do that, you know, where you're, you're flying one. And you, and you hear those effects. Um, that's the kind of stuff I think I, I would like to see out of spatial audio.
0: Yeah, I think spatial audio is laying the groundwork for Apple glasses, right? Like that. Yeah. It, Apple does this. They release a small feature that seems kind of cool, but gimmicky, and you know, like limited in use on a product. And then a few years later, you see that same feature implemented in a completely different product and done right. And it's far more useful. I mean, look at LiDAR on the iPad. Yeah. That was it was released there first. Who really cares about LiDAR on an iPad? I have yet to talk to a single person who's like, Man, I use that all the time. I
1: used it no I used it once but, when I bought my iPad Pro, by the way, which I just sold this week on. Um, and you know, uh, you know to test it though, right? Like yeah, you didn't use it no. for
0: anything. No. But now we have it on iPhone 12 Pro and Pro Max, and it does some cool stuff with portrait photography, right? They they use light, which light yeah. is going to be in AR too. It, they're going to have to use it to identify rooms and whatnot, or, you know, layout of rooms. But so like this is one of spatial audio right now feels like one of those features they're testing and they're using us as their test bed in order to gain feedback and better implement it into apple glasses or whatever rolls out but anyways back to ios and ipad os so i you know i sat down and tried to come up with a long list and which i do every year of what i want to see in ios 15 and ipad os and so as far as the iphone goes i don't really have a lot of changes i want to see you know the interface does feel a little old ios 7 was the last time we got a major redesign or it is the only major redesign we've had there's been small iterations since then so i but I don't mind it. It works. Uh, it's it's some stuff's hidden, but um, it's. F- fairly intuitive especially compared to android at times but so i guess my main thing would be updates to the messages app which is something that all apple always does every year like it's fallen behind facebook messenger or even whatsapp or uh google messages has some pretty cool stuff now that uh imessage does not have like scheduling messages or undo send like that's the kind of stuff that we should have or timing you know muting a group conversation for an hour instead of just turning off. Alerts, and then having to remember to go back and turn it on. Uh, You know, little things like that, I would like to see them tweak and and, uh, do. Also, last year they uh, rolled out with the Shortcuts app the ability to change app icons. And so we saw this whole theming trend take over, uh, at least I did on Twitter and various other outlets where you would create custom app icons through the Shortcuts Mm -hmm. app. But the problem is that icon is a shortcut to the app so you tap on that it launches the shortcuts app and then it launches the app itself and i think they've changed that in an update to iOS 14.0 so, so it's I've, a little bit I've,
1: quicker now I've never made a custom app icon for anything i've never tried to retheme or anything like that I, it just seems like
0: too much effort yeah, for it's for, a length it's a lengthy process. My daughter does it all the really? time. She has crazy app icons, but she's she'll spend an hour doing it and then three days later decides she wants a different theme and spend another hour doing it. I mean, that process needs to be streamlined for you. You gotta give and, your daughter a you, know, you gotta Apple, give
1: your daughter a developer account and give her a store. She should be able to sell them. <laughs>
0: yeah, seriously. I should. I should I've been paying for a developer account for like 10 years now. I guess I maybe should start yeah. to some money off of it. But let's, let's talk about iPad because there's a lot of stuff mm. I want to see there. There There's a ton. Uh, you mentioned better widget support like the iPhone has, being able to place widgets anywhere on the home yeah, screen. Yeah, why not? Please, yeah, I, I mean. want that. Um, I'm not sure app library in its current form makes a ton of sense on a bigger screen, hmm. but some sort of um, maybe app drawer that hides off to the side that then gives sure. you – a, a desktop-like layout of apps or being able to put files on the iPad yeah. home screen would be a huge help uh, or create shortcuts to files at least. Stuff, you know, I guess in a way, make it more Mac-like. Ah, you go. Like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But with the touch interface, um, let's see. I want a desktop class mail app. Yes. I want that like they did Safari a couple of years ago we just talked about. Please bring that mail app improved to iPadOS 15, like, I'll be happy. Better external monitor support. Right (laughs) now, we've talked about it on the show, I think. Right now, it just mirrors your iPad's display and there's black bars on each side unless the app you're using is optimized. But there's not many optimized apps that do it right or at least take advantage and of the way it should work it, it's
1: confusing you know what, if the ipad pro really does get thunderbolt well then really you should be able to use all that multiple monitors and all that screen real estate in, in a better way right i mean yeah. yes
0: yeah there's no reason you shouldn't be able to use it and then there's two low-hanging fruit items that are on the list every single year That's better multitasking yeah. especially when you're using two apps in split view or even slide over, you hardly ever know exactly where you're going to type. There's that pill at the top that's supposed to let you know which window is active, but it hardly ever truly switches and it's confusing. Um, And then multi-user support. Look, it's been possible on iPads for years. If you're in a classroom and an education user, it's time to give that to everyone. Let's make it happen. Finally, Apple. Um. What else? I I know you're wanting some ultra wideband stuff. I really
1: want to see ultra wideband. You know, opened up big time. You know, look. If we end up seeing, you know, the little taggy things coming, you know, I think we will have to see it. But you know, there needs to be APIs to interact with the ultra wideband chip, right? And this way, you know, we want to have developers to have more ways to talk to other ultra wideband equipped devices now like for example what if you had a payment terminal you know or, or, or look what if they start equipping uh i don't even know what the ipad pro does have or the ipad does have an ultra wide chip but if you start having uh you know pos systems that are ipad based uh, or even you know you know vendors out in public that are using their iPhones as ter- as payment terminals you know with square and what hat what have you you should be able to be you know 5 feet away from that that terminal and just be able to point your iPhone at it, and the payment should occur. You shouldn't have to walk up and do an NFC, you know, a foot away from the payment terminal, right? I mean, you should just be able to say, "pay," and then, you know, something pops up and says, payment terminal, you know, Costco, and you hit the button, and bam, you've paid, right? You shouldn't have to walk up right next to the thing and potentially breathe in somebody's air. You know, that's, that's. I, I think that'll be fantastic. So I think there are lots of applications for ultra-wideband that we could potentially have. Apple just needs to open it up. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I would love to be able to do that. As far as I know, too, I think the iPhone 11 was the first device that had an ultra-wideband chip, and I don't believe the 2020 iPad Pro had an ultra-wideband chip, because we would have had that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know off the top of my head. It's something I should know, but I don't. All right, so watchOS 8 is what we'll be on. Um, We'll see a preview of on June 7th during the keynote. At least that's what we expect, and I mean, it's going to happen, right? So what do you want to see new in watchOS 8? I just, there's there's not a lot here for me other than so, the obvious, which is more health features. Um,
1: not so much watch. Um, I think that I would like to see Fitness Plus uh, extended to developers so that it would allow, it would be the storification of Fitness Plus. In other words, allow third parties to submit exercises, videos, programming, To fitness as if it was an app store type thing. So in other words, if they wanted to have a a partnership with Zumba, if they wanted to have a partnership with, you know, LA Fitness and some of these other clubs and things like that, they would be able to upsell content on top of Fitness Plus, just as we have content sold on the app store and and iTunes um, today. Uh, I think that is a natural, that is something they can build out and, and really, you know, try to attack Peloton with. Uh, potentially, I I think that is likely. Now, the other thing I think I would like to see, at least with Fitness Plus or with Watch, is uh, more better ways for doctors and health professionals to hook to hook into Apple Health as a as a metrics as a trusted metrics uh, you know um, recipient. So, in other words, uh, I have a cardiologist or an electrophysiologist, and uh, you know that I have you know I get my 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 heart is currently being monitored for uh, my atrial fibrillation with an implant. But what if I decided I wanted, instead of having an implant, um, I have my Apple Watch Series Six. I do ECG readings uh, a couple of times a day just to check up on myself. Well, look, I'd like to have him uh, be able to get that in his health system and his and his and his, you know, employees yeah. be able to make sure that I'm doing okay, you know. Uh, so those are the types of things um, I would like to see uh, from Watch. More of the background cloud stuff opened up to providers, more so than, than user interface things uh, type stuff. It's really really more of Apple Health and uh, Fitness Plus yeah. integration is what I'm, what I'm seeing for, for developers.
0: So right now you can go into the health app on your iPhone and view your medical records from various doctors and hospitals that support Apple health, but your doctors cannot see the metrics uh, that your watch records about you, your sleep habits, your hearing, your heart, if you've fallen, all of that stuff. So instead of a one way uh, data flow, you want a two-way data flow, which I think is interesting and it makes, it's a logical next step for Apple in doing it in a secure manner. You know, I'm sure there will be some pretty um, thorough vetting of the security yeah. protocol for that. If, if something like that were put into place, cause that's a lot of very sensitive and personal info, but at the same time, you're already getting it coming one way. They can easily implement that going back the other way, as long as the doctor's office is set up yeah. for it. Um, I guess the, the only thing, there's two things that come to mind for me. I would love to see Apple completely drop the iPhone requirement. They kind of sort of have started testing this for uh, kids, right? There's the family setup. I forget the exact name of it, where you can set up a, a cellular watch for your kid. Uh, and they have a, it basically gives them their own phone number on the watch that you can then text and call them on. And you set school hours, classroom hours, and, you know, it blocks them out of the watch and all that other stuff. But I would like to see them go one step further and do that for everyone. It makes sense that an iPhone is required, but at the same time, I shouldn't have to manage someone else's watch on my iPhone in order for them to have a watch at all. I get it for kids, but if I wanted to get one for my grandpa, right? Like... I may not see him all the time to be able to manage and update the software on his watch. So why not just go fully cellular, fully disconnected from the iPhone?
1: Yep, agreed.
0: My grandpa doesn't need a watch, but, you know. Uh, The other thing is, look, watchOS 7 gave us watch face sharing. You can create a watch face, post a link to your watch face, and it lets you know which apps you need to install in order to have... The uh, the customization and the uh, complications on the watch face itself. Have you ever seen a single person share a watch face on Twitter or anywhere no. else?
1: No, it's too complicated. First of all, the developing watch faces is too complicated. You know, I've seen apps which are used to create watch faces, and 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 they just the experience is not where it needs to be.
0: Right, but yet you have people who wear Fitbits. And we don't need to go into the details of Wear OS, but they do that because they're completely – and they love them because how much they can customize the watch faces. And look, the Apple Watch is by far the clear winner of wearables right now and has been for years and probably will be for years still. But if you talk to the people who won't give up their Fitbits or Wear OS – one thing they always point to is being able to have completely custom watch mm-hmm. faces. So I would love to see Apple take the next step and maybe open a watch face store where people, you know, companies, vetted companies can go in and submit watch faces. And, you know, we don't have those, the junk that does yeah. the fit. You know, You know, get the swatch
1: people and, and uh, you know, Tag Heuer and, and Fossil and all those guys involved, you know, and Movado yeah. and all that. That'd be kind of cool.
0: Why not? Why not? So TVOS, uh, TVOS fifteen, I think is what we'll yeah. be on uh, going into this fall. There's a lot that Apple can do here because they haven't released hardware in a few no. years now. We'll presumably have new hardware by WWDC. I hope so. And so, what are you what are you hoping for? Well,
1: assuming we get new hardware, okay, so that could so that can exploit all the things that we possibly could want, right? So let's start with spatial audio, right? Three D video, three con- D audio, and video oh. content. Uh, you know we talked about developers potentially doing games and stuff look if we get better better uh, chip hardware in the Apple TV it's it's a it's gonna be a game it could be just as powerful as a game box um, as, as a game console um, so we want to be able to do all that 3d audio uh, stuff uh, you know if you're wearing you know your your, iP- your iPods um, and such um, and also potentially uh, you know we want to be able to have uh, you know better better um, you know, wireless speaker integration uh, to do, uh, you know, various uh, surround sound type things. Um, I I think that we will possibly see some type of a platform relaunch, uh, you know, with a vastly improved arcade, you know, again, bringing the device on par major console systems. We want to see a a better arcade controller, I think I'd like to see, other than just using the Xbox and the PlayStation. I'd like to see an Apple arcade dedicated controller. I want to see a better Apple TV remote, um, you know, maybe we'll see a gaming service that's yeah. streaming similar to Google Stadia or Xbox's equivalent. Um, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff they can do that, you know, we're just waiting to see if we get better hardware, uh, for you know,
0: yeah. I mean, that's really the key right now. Look, we could sit here and make a list of all yeah. the software tweaks that we want to see to tvOS. But until there's a new Apple TV, there's not much point in talking about it. The current Apple TV doesn't support spatial audio. It doesn't have the hardware for it. Uh, they just killed off the HomePod, right? The, the big, big HomePod. $300 HomePod is now discontinued. So Dolby Atmos surround sound doesn't exist anymore unless you have some of the discontinued and eventually no longer supported speakers. Uh, so there and you know there's a lot of hardware stuff that well, needs to change. You can have Atmos. The you can have Dolby if
1: you use the audio return channel on your TV and you go to a go to a real speaker system like a Sonos or something. Yeah. <laughs> or,
0: yeah, but you can't have it through Apple no, solution, which existed no. for, as of TV OS 14, it rolled out and then what are we, six no. months into it and they've already killed off the whole it's crazy. Yeah. So I think it's crazy. I, look, we could go over a list as much as we want, but until we have new hardware, it doesn't really matter because the hardware can't support anything we no. want to do. And speaking of the HomePod, we need a new HomePod as well. Like, If you're going to kill off, I get it. $300 was expensive. Sure. But there's a lot of cool features and the sound quality is there. The HomePod mini is nice. I have one. I have several. We've talked about that before. And I have a standard HomePod. The bigger HomePod is undeniably better than the smaller sure. one. It sounds better. Uh, the the uh, microphones are more reliable, and the connection for HomeKit type automation stuff seems to be more reliable. Although the HomePod Mini has Thread built into it, which is a new protocol that is faster. But not a lot of products support Thread right now. So eventually, the Mini will be the way to go. Hopefully, the Apple TV, again, a hardware thing, supports Thread, yep. right? It could be a, a border border router. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of things we can talk about HomePod improvements. But again, we're going to need hardware in order for that to happen. It just it just is the way it is right now, especially after they killed the larger HomePod.
1: Yep. Uh, I mean, and I think there's other things that they can add to. I mean, in this case, we're really talking about, you know, series piece of homepod right so it would be for in terms yeah. of home automation stuff that we could see coming out of that uh to bring it on par with alexa uh will be they'll need to have better third party integration so maybe we will see skills quote unquote developed like alexa with a developer store so to speak right um you know maybe there'll be the the uh, the home the uh, the home uh the home app the the the, the application for home Will be built out with with more with more stuff like we see in the Alexa application on iOS yeah. and, and Android. Um, it, it look Siri needs to be smarter, and we need and we need a better control vocabulary for for home automation to to, to for it to do more things. So maybe we'll see uh, a Siri and Home Pod rebirth at, at this WWDC. Possibly,
0: I would love that. So the, yeah, I mean. There are skills, they're called shortcuts, but they're hidden in the shortcuts app. So discoverability is the big key there, right? Maybe there is a dedicated HomePod app that launches with this that shows you which apps you have installed. It kind of like is the Apple Watch app, right? It shows you which apps you can install and that will work and and what you'll be able to do. So discoverability needs to be solved for Apple as far as HomePod and Siri goes with third-party services. And then speaking of services, there's stuff like music, Apple TV+, Plus, news, the Apple Card, Apple Arcade, Apple Books. Yeah. You want to relaunch? Of I would Books? like to
1: see. Well, first of all, I, I think news has kind of fell on its face flat with a lot of people, which is why they stuffed it into Apple One, to hopefully to get more people to use it. Um, I, I really think that news needs to be re- redesigned. If they're going to redesign news, Uh, then they should integrate Apple Books into it. So we have one content app for for all our readable stuff. Um, They would need to actually, you know, do better work. They'd have to call up the content partners for books again and say, hey, you know, we're ready to go with books again to go up against Amazon. Um, apparently, you know, Barnes & Noble is now about to release another new Nook. So it looks like Barnes & Noble is getting back into, into this. So, you know, look, look, yeah. Apple shouldn't just be slouching around with books. People still like to read. So, you know, again, a merger with news so that the book library and magazine library is the same uh, and maybe new iBooks authoring tools for that richer experience. Look, iBooks had some great authoring tools for doing really sophisticated, you know, um, multimedia books. That are still ahead of, the, of its time when if you compare it with Kindle. So you know, maybe we'd bring this back, uh, you know, for for content authoring. Um, other services, stuff that I might that we might see uh, uh, be potentially a way to build web apps that can get store listed uh, easier to get Apple out of this potential mess with the government in terms of antitrust, and and it might have limitations but I think they're going to need to start doing some changes to their services to appease government regulators, um, third-party stores. Can it be done with containerization and isolation technology that's currently in Mac OS 11? Quite possibly. Um, third-party browser engines, you know, rich, we talked about rich, we talked about richer, uh, rich, richer, richer, richer uh, desktop apps on iPad OS, such as a browser, yeah. such as browsers. Yeah. Look, uh, you know, maybe you might want to just limit it to specific vetted partners like Microsoft, Google and Firefox, you know, or Opera. But, you know, we need we should be able to put real browser engines on on iPads and and, and uh, you know, and iPhones. There's no reason why we can't do that. So I, I think that that those are in the realm of possibility. But I think we still kind of like they're still kind of fringy at this point in terms of, of, of whether they'll do it or not. I think they may. I think they're only going to do it if they're going to get forced to. But that could happen sooner than later. Yeah,
0: right. Makes sense. Yeah, as far as Apple Card goes, I would love to see, like we've talked about. I think yeah. we did an entire show on it actually, of being able to share a card with uh, family members. Although there's source code that has been found in iOS 14.5, which is currently in beta, so it may launch before yeah. WWDC. It may not. Uh, but that, like, out of all these services, that's the only thing I really care about seeing happen. I, I. I do read news every day, especially after signing up for Apple One, uh, which is their subscription service that includes everything. But it's because I'm paying for it. I want to use it. Um, and, and I use music every day already. I have been for years and, and I don't have any complaints or issues with that. I do would love to see their playlists get a little bit more robust along the lines of Spotify. Yeah. I also have a Spotify subscription and their daily playlists are are fabulous. I mean, they're really, really good. I and mean, I've listened to. I've given so much more data to Apple about my listening habits than I have Spotify. Yet Spotify seems to nail exactly what my interests are a lot better and easier than Spotify does. So I would love to see an improvement there. Uh, what else? Like we have a couple other things. So to talk about as far as We're
1: well, well, I, the I, I think you know we are now into the realm of far out categories, you know, far out, man, really far out, like beyond WWDC, we're talking further out, Uh, uh, AR stuff, you know, more use of the IDAR sensor, you know, potentially we might see the underpinnings for a dedicated um, AR product, you know, eyeglasses, whatever you want to call them, Um, maybe, you know, I I think, we'll. we'll, I mean, mean, there's no reason why the, the AR APIs can't be built out, you know, the AR kit, they always have a session on it or two. Uh, at WWDC. Maybe we'll see some more stuff. Uh, the car. The car. I mean, is it is this going to be an actual car we can buy? Or are we talking about some kind of, you know, EV autonomous driving Uber killer, you know, with Apple owned assets and building the service into iOS and tying it into Apple Card? Um, I'd rather see the second rather than the first. I don't want to buy an Apple car. I don't want to own a car. You know, give me up an Apple on my iPhone. Let it let it pick me up whenever I want, and then charge me extra a little bit for, per year, and, and let me use Apple card points or something to pay for it. You know, um,
0: yeah. People who live in a big city that it, that's the perfect setup. For someone like me, I would have to buy, or uh, you know, I have to own a car. There's no way to get around without one.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I mean, are we going to see anything having to do with cars at this thing? Automotive, you know, maybe maybe car CarPlay really version, not. whatever. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know. I don't
0: know. Yeah, I think this is still a few years out. And there's, I mean, there's, there's plenty of smoke here. There's plenty of signs here that Apple is clearly doing oh, something. Oh, there's, there's fire. Vehicles.
1: There's not so, smoke. There's fire. There's fire. I mean, yeah. You know, <laughs> right.
0: But do will we hear about it this year? I, I don't think so. I, I think we have better odds of hearing about Apple glasses than we do Apple car.
1: I think we I yeah, I I, I think we said better huh? odds of seeing the iPad turn to a Macintosh than we do we do seeing an Apple car, but that's that's that's, you know.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. A touchscreen screen Yeah.
1: A touch Mac <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right. Any closing thoughts? No, you low. know,
1: I I think this is going to be a very exciting WWDC. You know, I I, was asked, I really liked attending last year with the app and all the and all the different uh, sessions. I think I could. It was great to be able to do it at my own pace to be able to re-review everything when I needed to. So um, I I think they should. It's great that they're sticking with this format. Even if it, it be, if it became more viable this year from a safety perspective to go in person. You know, I do like to meet people at these events. You know, I, I miss events. I miss our Linux Foundation events yeah. and meeting my our, 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 all our developers. I miss the Microsoft events. I miss Facebook F8. I miss Google uh, Google's event. Um, you know, so I'm looking forward to going back to events again. But again, I, I think it's great that Apple's is they've built this great rich experience to be able to see it on the developer app. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to all the junk that they're going to roll out. You know, and, I, and even if twenty, if even a twenty percent of this stuff that we've talked about uh, comes true. I'll be happy, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. I think as long as the iPad OS gets a pretty hefty upgrade, we didn't see much into it last year, right? It was kind of left behind. And there seems to be a TikTok schedule of when the iPad sees huge updates and then just kind of refinement. One year the iPhone gets it, the next year the iPad gets it. And this iOS, iPadOS 15 should be a pretty big year for iPad if they follow that schedule going forward. At least I hope they do. You know, give me that desktop class mail app and better home screen and multitasking and I'll be one happy camper. I don't care what you do with the iPhone after that. That's that's really all I want this year. Um, So yeah, we'll see what they do. Again, we have a couple months. Hopefully stuff starts to leak and we start getting a, a good idea of what to expect before then. But if not, June isn't too far away. It's nearly April 1st which is, you know, um, getting close to that summer and, or, or late spring event. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a good place to wrap up here, Perlo.
1: Agreed.
0: I'm Jason Cipriani. And
1: I'm Jason Perlo.
0: And this is Jason Squared. Thanks for listening. We truly appreciate it. Make sure to check out more of our work at ZDNet.com.